This is recording number 10928 from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, June 5, 2011. This is the 11th message in the series titled, Doctor's Gospel, by Randy Bolt. This message is titled, Divine Guidance. Once you get to the Gospel of Luke, let's turn to chapter 8. We're going to continue our study of the doctor's gospel. Luke was a physician, a medical doctor, and he brought to the task of recording for a guy named Theophilus uh, in a very detailed, methodical way the details of the life and ministry of Jesus. And we have been um, using this little idea of a physician who always, the picture I always have in my mind of a, of a doctor is one with, with the stethoscope around his neck. And we've been using that thought of Luke kind of listening for the heart of Jesus. He wasn't a, he wasn't a disciple of Christ. He was a, a partner with uh, the Apostle Paul. And so he wasn't an eyewitness to the things that uh, Jesus said or did, but he investigated. Um, he was... Uh, carefully uh, recording all of the eyewitness accounts and other um, evidence and presenting that in a methodical way, listening for the heart of Jesus. It's not just a book of history. This is a book that gives us insight to the heart of our Savior. We're going to be reading just a few verses today, beginning at verse 22. Verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he, Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And that's not just a game show. Jeopardy means danger. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled. And when it says fear there, we're talking, or they were afraid. It's talking about the kind of awe and reverence that happens or that you experience when you, when you have witnessed something that just blows all your circuits. They were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Now, one of the things we're going to be learning in the Men's Institute is that we let the Bible teach us. We don't impose on the Scriptures what we want them to say. And so I want to just say up front that it's very clear that this short passage that we read today focuses on the subject of faith. But I think you're going to find that it's not an imposition, it's not a stretch, it's not a manipulation of this passage uh, to... 
uh, see that it also, in the context of talking about faith, it's also very practical in terms of what it means to receive divine guidance. I doubt very much that there's any of us here today that, that don't need or want or desire desperately divine guidance. That means, God, show me what to do. But just to make sure that I'm in the right place at the right time, how many of you would raise your hand and say, yeah, I want divine guidance? Yeah, look around. See, it's pretty much just every one of us, right? God, help me know what to do. We have a God in heaven who the Bible clearly says wants us to know his will. It's not, God, God is not intending to hide from us or to keep, you know, some, keep us sort of uh, blind or, or wandering in the dark. He wants us to know his will and to experience what it is to live life in the, in the current, the flow of his plans and purposes for us. And um, in a very special way, this story that's, that, you know, you can't, you can't, if you spend any time in Sunday school, you can't get away without experiencing or, or hearing about this story. This oft-told, very familiar story about the storm in the lake gives us, I believe, uh, some key instructions about how to receive divine guidance. So if you are a person today, and many of you raise your hands to indicate you are, who's looking to hear from God, perhaps this morning, desperate to know what God's will, God's plan is for you in some area of your life, let's let Jesus talk to us. Let's be like, uh, like Luke the physician, listening for the heart of Jesus in this story. The first thing that I, I want to draw your attention to in this passage is the phrase, and it's not even a complete sentence. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And in there, you're going to find some things that I think really help us when it comes, I mean practical things that really help us to discern the voice of God when it comes to, to hearing Him with regard to guidance. And the first is that divine guidance always begins with a glimpse of the destination. It says, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus was helping them to understand where he wanted them to go. This is a picture. This is from kind of the middle of the Sea of Galilee towards the area of Gadara, which is where Jesus and his disciples were headed when they crossed from Capernaum, when they crossed the lake from Capernaum. They were headed this direction. Now, you can kind of see the broad outline of what the geography is on the other side of the lake, can't you? But not much detail. There's some green there. You figure that's probably some trees or bushes or somebody's crops or something. And there's some brown and who knows what that is. Rocks, dirt probably. But you can't see any people. You can't see any cities. You, do, you would not know from looking at this picture uh, what is going to happen when they get there. If we went on and read this uh, passage further, we would see some very, very, uh, I mean, un unbelievable, mind-blowing things that happen as a result of them crossing this lake. But at this point, they have no idea about that. When it comes to divine guidance, it seems like most of us, I'll just say myself, I, what I'm looking for is the details. 
I want God to tell me what's going to happen when I get there. Anybody else? But you know what? And we've talked about this before. We always think that we are, we always think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We think that we are capable of understanding and embracing this knowledge about what lies ahead. But the truth is, we can't. Unless, we, I mean, and really, if, unless you want to have a boring, uneventful, you control it life, we have to just get to this place where we understand that God's perspective, God's understanding, His ways are far beyond ours, and that what He has in mind for us is more than we can imagine. Do you hear that? More than we can imagine. In fact, the Bible says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ask or think. That's our God, and that's what he has in mind for each of us. So if it's, if it's exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ask or think, to demand that I could understand what God has in store for me in my future in the details that I want... Is foolish, is it not? I don't want the life that I can imagine. I don't know about you, but I want the life I can't imagine. The one that is greater, the one that's more wondrous, the one that's more surprising, the one that's more powerful, the one that's more fruitful. I want that one, and that's the one God wants for you too. Divine guidance always begins simply with a glimpse of the destination. The little, the little bright spot on the horizon out there. It's not much. And if you're looking for more, you're going to be frustrated. If you're looking for the details, you're going to be frustrated. It's not because God is hiding from you. It's not because God doesn't want you to know. It's because the things that he has in mind for you, you have no context to understand them within. What was going to happen with the disciples when they reached the shore over there, when they reached Gadara and encountered a demoniac, they would not have been able to comprehend. And so, all Jesus says is, let's get to the other side. This morning, those of you who raised your hand, saying that you want, you need to hear from God regarding guidance, his desire and his plans for your life, I want to ask you to consider something. Back off that intense desire to know the details. Just back off of that. Look for the, and just look for the bright spot on the horizon. What's that, that little beacon that's out there on the horizon? That little sense of, okay, I think we're headed there. That's God. And that's, God's, that's how divine guidance begins. I think, I think I'm headed there. It's just enough to kind of get yourself oriented in the right direction. Not much more than that. But that's all God needs. Because listen, the truth is, the path that he's going to take you to get there is going to be different than a straight line. <laughs> Guaranteed. So it's just enough to kind of get you pointed in the right direction. So you, you get your, your kind of your, I, I know people don't 
tune into radios anymore. We kind of just push buttons. But there used to be, trust me, I'm old enough to know that this actually occurred. There was a time in history when people actually had to dial in the radio frequencies. I suppose nobody even listens to radio anymore. But, but anyway, there was this thing called radio. And anyway, so... Uh, it's like dialing in, kind of narrowing the frequency enough that you get a strong signal. You, you know, you don't know what you're going to hear going forward, but at least you got the signal dialed in. And it's just guidance, divine guidance begins like that. So back off of your insistence to know the details. And just look for that bright spot on the horizon, that thing that I think... God is heading, having me head in that direction. So I'm just going to point my life that way. So Jesus says, let's get to the other side. But then he says, um, let's cross the lake. Now maybe that's, that should have been obvious to them that they're going to have to cross the lake to get there. But listen, they could have walked around the lake, right? There are other ways to get there. But Jesus gave them details, not about what they would find once they reached their destination, but about the next step. Divine guidance begins with a glimpse of the destination, but then God gives us details for the next step. We want the details about the destination, but back off from that. Look for the details about, okay, what do I do next? And what happens is this is we, 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 we kind of get some, sometimes we get that, that information from the Lord and we take a step, but then we, we kind of look to where we think the destination is and we go, you know what, that kind of takes me in a different, I, I think we're going there, Lord. This takes me in a different direction. And the Lord just wants to say, hey, trust me. I know where we're going. I know where we're going. But the journey is really the most important part of the process. Don't insist on knowing the details about the destination. Trust me with that. You've tuned in the frequency. Yes, we're, we're heading in that general direction. But watch now. Watch now. One step at a time. All the disciples needed to know, really. All they needed to know. Let's set sail. That's all they needed to know. They probably wanted to know more. But all they needed to know... Let's sail. Let's set sail. What is it about the set of circumstances that you are dealing with right now that caused you to raise your hand a minute ago to say, I need guidance from the Lord? Where if you backed off from the insistence on needing to or wanting to know the destination, the details about the destination, what is it about perhaps just the next step that the Lord might want and already has said to you. Have you set sail? Have you been so insistent on knowing the details of where you're headed that you forgot to pull up anchor and hoist the sail? I mean, the obvious things? The things you have to do? What's the next step? I'll tell you, once you take that next step, even though it seems completely obvious, you're going to find Jesus is there. He's already met you. He'll meet you there. He's he's gone before you. He'll meet you there. And then there'll be uh, details about the step after that. 
Then we come to this third thing in this phrase that I think is just phenomenal. God, divine guidance begins with a glimpse of the destination, details about the next step, and then a promise of his presence. Let us. Let us. You are not alone in this journey of life. You are not on your own. You don't have to figure this out yourself. You have a God in heaven who cares more about you than you could ever know, who's so invested in every detail of your life that there is nothing, nothing unknown to him, nothing. He cares about you. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. I want to assure you, as you're considering these real-life details of your own circumstances, it may seem to you that God is nowhere to be found. We're going to talk in just a minute about why that might be, but before I do that, I just want to assure you what Jesus said to his disciples on that day in that boat is the very same thing he's saying to you. He's not saying, go there, I'll meet you there. He's saying, let us go. Let us go. I'm with you. Be assured of that. Be comforted by that. Now, there was a snag. <laughs> this storm bruise, right? They hit this storm. I want to tell you that uh, following Jesus, receiving divine guidance, you're not going to like this. <laughs> but receiving divine guidance will always, every single time, Involve a test of faith. It always will. Because this is about my relationship with Jesus. It's not about getting somewhere. Yes, the journey, I said, is very important to God. But ultimately, it's just about my relationship with Him. Is it not? Isn't that the thing that's most important? So every one of these challenging things that we face in life is really a divine setup for us to be able to learn how to trust him more. So there will always be a test of faith. Plan on it. Don't be distracted by it. Don't be disturbed by it. Don't be discouraged by it. Don't be derailed by it. It will always be. Count on it. And it will be significant. Because, look, if it was lightweight, we could handle it, right? It would be, there would be no faith required. So it will challenge you. But Jesus has to take the training wheels off sometime and expose us to danger. I had three kids, they're all grown, and they have, you know, two of them have their own kids now. They're all married, most of you know that. Every, all three of them, I had the experience of teaching them how to ride a bike. How many moms and dads have had that experience? Yeah. 
At some point, you had to decide to expose that precious little boy or girl to danger. And every one of them crashes and gets messed up somehow. (laughs) Every one of them. You want to protect them. You don't ever want to have happen what happened to my oldest daughter one day when she came home after her bicycle riding lessons and her face is all scraped up and her hands are all scraped up. You don't want that to happen, but it has to happen. It has to happen that we expose our children to the real possibility they could fall off their bike. Otherwise, they never will experience the freedom, the pleasure, uh, the sheer joy of being able to get on that bike and go around the block or down the street or to the park or to school or with their friends. Or as in the case of my oldest daughter I described just a minute ago, now get on her bike and ride with her, her daughter on her bike. Because her daughter has had the same experience. The training wheels had to come off at some point. We have a God in heaven who cares about us and who is not blithely exposing us to dangers. But dear one, he has to allow us. He has to allow us to face the realities of, of, uh, you know, that come with the consequences of not listening to him, of not following him. That has to be there. And the test of faith will overwhelm your expertise. Here's what happens. You know, we, we get a, gu- a sense of guidance where we're going. Maybe we start to see, oh, I get, I, ah, okay, I, all right, I'm getting it now. I see what you're up to. And then this, what, this is what we do. Got it. Take it from here now. Right? Lord, I got it. I'll take it from here. So the Lord has to allow these tests of faith, tests of faith to be ones that actually outstrip our expertise. It has to happen. I can imagine that these disciples, who were, by the way, experienced fishermen, They made their living. These are tradesmen. They make their living on the Sea of Galilee. They know every square inch of it. They know where the fish are. They know how to navigate it. They know what the tides are like. They know what the weather does and what to do when there's weather. But this storm overwhelmed their expertise. They come to Jesus who's in the back of the boat and they say, Look, we're dying here and you're sleeping. We at least want you awake when we go down. (laughs) I've had a couple of those conversations with Jesus. (laughs) Have you? I'm dying here. (laughs) But then this incredible thing happens. It says that Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. You know that word rebuke? is When was the last time you used the word rebuke in a sentence? That's what I thought. In the original language, this, this word is very firm, very strong. It's as though Jesus got up, went to the bow, and said, Stop it! <laughs> and the wind stops. 
the waves, they stop. This one who had promised, let us go to the other side. Let us cross this. You know, were the disciples ever truly in danger of not reaching the other side? Weren't they as safe with the waves crashing over the boat and the boat filling with water? Weren't they as safe and secure at that point as they were when Jesus calmed the storm? Of course they were. Why? Because Jesus was in the boat. He had overwhelmed their expertise, but not his. All he had to do was say, shut up, stop. There are times when it feels, it feels very fierce, that which is coming against us, that test of faith, faith which is op- opposing us. But we are never, we are never, not for one minute, outside of the covering, the security of our great God. And so what happens in the end is that we experience his power in a new way. We always do. He reveals his power. They, these guys go, what the heck? Who is this guy? Now, they've been walking around. They've been traveling with him. They've been listening to him preach. They've been watching his miracles. But this, oh my, who is this? They didn't know. They didn't know who they were dealing with. These aspects of his power they had not seen before. And every journey that we take in faith, every time we pursue the divine guidance, the guidance of God that he gives us, every time we set out on that journey, ultimately the end result God is looking for is he's looking for an opportunity to reveal to us more about himself. And we can know him more. 